providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that help power their emerging markets' business strategies. And today we will discuss the latest developments in Kazakhstan and the outlook for the country for 2017. We have recently published our Kazakhstan Market Spotlight, which clients can access on the portal. Just as a reminder, this research and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. My name is Athanasia Kokinoyeni and I'm the Western Europe Analyst here at our London office at FSG and I will be moderating today's podcast. Joining me for today's conversation is Mark McNamee, our Senior Analyst for Eastern Europe. So, Mark, let's start by understanding where we're currently. So, Kazakhstan has suffered from the collapse of oil prices, right? But that was some time ago. So, where are we now? Right. Thanks, Athanasia. So, that's really a good place to start off with uh, a bit of a recap in light of all the changes, the pretty drastic changes that we've seen in the market uh, over the last year to two years now. Um, Plus, to most investors, the country has been more or less deprioritized within their CIS portfolio, obviously most of the focus is is on Russia. So Kazakhstan has sort of been put on the back burner a little bit farther from the the center of their focus, uh, which is a little bit strange because, of course, historically Kazakhstan had been a pretty important emerging market with very, very high levels of growth. Um, But a lot of that has changed, of course, in the last year. So relatively briefly, just to sort of update where we have come to and where we're at today, um, there's been a obviously a very sharp depreciation of the Tenge, the local currency, uh, which occurred at the end of last year. The Tenge was one of the worst performing currencies in 2015. Um, and it started to make uh, a little progress back as oil prices in the last few months have, have risen a bit. So uh, there was some severe inflation uh, at the end of 2015 and the first half of, of this year. Um, and it's starting to just moderate around now. So starting in about September and, and this month, October here. Um, but as a result of, of those major macroeconomic changes, um, there's a very steep fall in wages uh, and, of course, a pretty steep fall in consumer spending as well. Uh, this has also presented a lot of pressure on the banking sector. There's been a very high uh, – they've been struggling with very high levels for years of non-performing loans, so banks are in a really difficult position right now. And then, of course, the depreciation worsens that since uh, it raises the cost of servicing foreign-denominated uh, loans. Um, so that in the end, uh, the country is still struggling, but one of the points that makes it a little bit different from its neighbors and other energy exporting markets that are struggling even worse is that the country has, has generally avoided a sharp recession at this point, and, and has, the economy has more or less stagnated for most of this year. So unlike those recessions in neighboring Azerbaijan or in, or in Russia or in Belarus even, for that matter, and the reason they've avoided that is because of the uh, sharp rise in government spending and specifically public investment. Uh, So the government has really taken some important decisions to to prop up the economy, which then, of course, has helped sort of keep the crisis from being much worse and longer lasting than than it could have been. Mark, it sounds like Kazakhstan has pretty significantly slowed down 
wasn't the country growing much faster in the past? Right, and, and that's, what I was, that's what I was getting at a little bit earlier. Um, yes, and, and that is really the major story related to Kazakhstan. Uh, the country had been growing in the, in the mid-2000s when oil prices were much higher, uh, growing at around you know, 8, 9, 10%. Even after the global financial crisis of 2008, 2009, the country bounced back pretty quickly and was growing at very high levels. Uh, and then obviously all of that changed uh, at the end of 2014 and into, into 2015. So the problem is that Kazakhstan is far too reliant on energy exports. Uh, so energy comprises about 30% of GDP, about 80% or more of all exports. Uh, so of course this has had, you know, the, the oil price drop has had a major impact on its growth trajectory. So that's sort of the story where we're at currently. Going forward, we're a little bit more optimistic, uh, but of course that their growth is limited a lot by uh, their continued reliance on, on energy. So what can we expect really for next year and the medium term, you think? Well, and this is one of the prime points in, uh, that we discuss with clients, um, is encouraging investors to alter their mindset. So when they think about Kazakhstan, they think about Azerbaijan, they think a lot, a lot of these CS markets, CIS markets, uh, they'd always sort of seen them as these very high growth opportunities. So relatively small markets, but growing at very high percentage. And so sort of seemed like easy, easy wins in these markets. Uh, the problem is that those days are not coming back. So the first piece of advice, I suppose, we'd give to, to clients and to foreign investors interested in Kazakhstan and, and the region more broadly is to sort of, sort of shift their mindset. There will be a recovery. Uh, I would argue Kazakhstan is one of the better, more attractive markets within the region, but the recovery will be relatively slow. Um, oil prices will not be rising that much, and therefore growth can't rise that much uh, as a result. But that doesn't mean, of course, that there aren't opportunities. And, and some of those opportunities will start to uh, be more prominent starting next year. Exactly, Mark. And that's what I wanted to get to next. So from what you said earlier, it sounds like consumers are struggling. So where are the opportunities really? Right. So they're not exactly on, in the consumer segment um, as, you're, as you're getting to. As I mentioned at the beginning, public investment is what's really driving some of the growth that we've seen uh, in the last couple of months in particular. Uh, and keeping the country out of a recession. Um, so that's really where, where our clients should be looking uh, more so. So in particular, um, President Nazarbayev a couple of years ago announced uh, the introduction of what is called the Nerli Jol uh, program, which is a government stimulus program focused on public infrastructure. In addition to that, China has become increasingly more invested within the region and focused much more on infrastructure and, and energy infrastructure specifically as well. Through their sort of one belt, one road uh, policy, and this would be the Silk Road uh, route, uh, sort of that arm of their one belt, one road uh, program. So that, that's definitely helping uh, keep growth up. And we are seeing uh, within lots of industries related to these programs, we are seeing continued growth. Um, so that should continue and start to even rise next year. Uh, in particular, investment spending has risen so by about 4 to 5% so far in 2016, which is really pretty critical considering consumer demand and, and exports are falling uh, pretty significantly uh, throughout this year. But briefly back to consumers, um, as I mentioned, uh, there will be a slow recovery. So I feel confident to say that the worst is mostly over. Inflation has been quite elevated, but it started to moderate. Uh, and it should slow down pretty significantly next year. Real incomes fell by about 5 to 6% uh, in the first half of this year. We expect them to grow a little bit, especially as uh, inflation backs off some. So there will really only be a recovery in consumer spending. 
um, starting next year and likely towards the end of next year. So consumer spending will probably lag a little bit behind the rest of the growth, the, uh, the growth of the rest of the economy. So actually, you seem pretty optimistic that the economy will grow next year and in later years. But could you tell us more about the biggest risks in the coming year? Sure. Well, the first one that most definitely comes to mind is just the potential for energy prices to, to maybe uh, see another downturn and, and go back down to levels of $40 a barrel or less. Uh, we don't see that as a base case scenario at all. Uh, we give a, a relatively low percentage chance of that occurring. But of course, that is a possibility. And if that were to occur, it would have pretty significant implications on Kazakhstan and, and likely keep them from growing again next year. Also, there's the issue of Chinese growth, which has become you know, a little more questionable uh, over the last year or so. Um, if China were to slow down pretty significantly, that would kind of cause uh, two problems for Kazakhstan. One, that would slow demand, uh, weaken demand for energy and commodities more generally, uh, which then, of course, would push down prices some. Uh, and then more directly, Kazakhstan is a major importer of Chinese goods, exports significantly to China as well. So it would decrease uh, the trade relationship overall, which wouldn't be good for, for growth or living standards. Getting to the political question, uh, that's frequently one that comes up with clients when they look at Kazakhstan. They've had President Nazarbayev in office since, uh, since the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, there's a lot of questions, of course, around his health. There have been a lot of questions around his health for years now, uh, and he is uh, in his late 70s. It's a little unclear what a transition plan would look like if he were to leave office or, or, uh, or die in office. But we feel confident that there is likely a transition plan and that there would be a smooth transition uh, in the event of his, uh, uh, his exit from office for whatever reason it, it may be. And lastly, there has been an uptick in protests, uh, very rare, of course, in Kazakhstan's history. We don't find it particularly threatening, but it has made headlines. Lots of clients have become interested in understanding the nature of these protests and their potential for the future. Uh, they will likely continue, particularly as, as economic prospects don't improve so strongly next year. But we don't find them to be particularly threatening and, uh, or able to uh, destabilize the economic environment to any degree. Thank you, Mark. So how can companies win in this slower recovery? Uh, as I mentioned, the first thing I would definitely say is to change their mindset. So it's, it is a different market. This is a new normal. The growth of, of the mid-2000s is over, and they're not going to be returning to that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities and there aren't ways to continue to win in the market. In particular, companies need to understand sort of that the macro environment isn't going to be giving the easy opportunities, and therefore they need to focus on their strategies much more uh, in, in order to be profitable. So in particular, finding efficiencies in their channel is, is the most common strategy that we're hearing from clients and the one that we, that we advise the most as well. Customer segmentation is another uh, important strategy that we're seeing and that, that we're likewise advising clients to be doing. There's been major shifts in demand and major shifts in, in uh, their traditional customer segments over the past years because of the high inflation and the very weak Tenge. Um, and a lot of these segments will remain uh, as they are today for the next few years. So it's important that clients refresh their, their customer segments uh, so they can make sure that they're targeting the right customers. And then the last thing is to just simply make sure you, that your whole team from top to bottom, from your local regional manager um, to headquarters in in, at, to your managers at your, in your headquarters in your corporate office uh, are aligned on their long-term outlook for the country, that you, that you feel comfortable with 
the trajectory of growth in the country, your profitability, uh, your revenues going forward for the next several years, and, and having sort of an idea of where Kazakhstan fits now within your CIS portfolio. Uh, and this is where we feel relatively optimistic. Kazakhstan assuredly presents the most appealing opportunity within CIS over the medium term, after Russia, of course. Uh, but compared to its neighbors, it will have the most resilient growth going forward and will have uh, the most resilient um, consumers in particular over the next several years, particularly as energy production is set to start to rise. Thank you very much, Mark, for sharing your view. This was very interesting. Those are all the questions I have for now for you. But as a reminder to our clients, you can speak with Mark or any of our FSG analysts by simply reaching out via your client relationship manager directly. You can also access FSG's reports on the CIS region and in-depth market spotlights on Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Belarus and Azerbaijan on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes now our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging